There was one man who Jesus himself said was the greatest man born of woman. As we study through the life of John the Baptist, we will discover why God used him in such a powerful way. Join us now for today's study. As a general rule, a man's first sermon is usually not his best. As a matter of fact, I'm going back in my own mind right now to those early days and some of my first sermons. I still have those sermon notes and uh, a couple of recordings, and they're painful to listen to, for me at least, uh, because those early messages were not the best. And yet that can't be said of John the Baptist because his first sermon laid a foundation for the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the rest of the New Testament and the content of it still has a message for us today. I bring you to the third and final part of this first sermon of the New Testament. John the Baptist says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He, he gives an announcement that the king is coming. And then he says there's wrath coming. There's fire coming. And so there's not only an announcement, there is an alert. But now I bring you back to his first word. Because his first word is really the crux of his message. It is, if you might say, the application. We move from the announcement to the alert to the application. What is the application? Repent ye. The king is at hand. Wrath is coming. What does that mean? It means it is time to repent. It's interesting that this would also become Jesus' first sermon. In Matthew chapter 4, verse number 17, if you turn one page in your Bible... The Bible says, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, guess what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John's message became Jesus' message. Now certainly John's baptism was different from Jesus' baptism, but his message was the same. Repent. And I want to tell you that the message in every day, in every culture, is the same. Look away from your sin, look away from yourself, and look to the only Savior and that's the Lord Jesus. Repent ye. Now, could I ask you a question? Why did John not go to the cities? I mean, honestly, he was drawing great crowds, but don't you think he could have done more if he'd gone into the metropolitan areas or if he'd stood up in the temple or in the synagogue? And yet the people had to come out to him. I think there's a great picture in that. They had to come away from their busy lives, away from the world, away from distraction. Why? Because the message was a separating one. Can I tell you that that's exactly what the message of repentance does today? It draws you away from this world, away from your sin, away from your own ideas. Now, that's what repentance is. And now, I believe certainly that repentance is a key part of the message of the gospel. Because the Bible says that the gospel message in the book of Acts is repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that repentance and faith are connected. They are inseparable truths. When a man repents of his sin, he's putting his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. When he puts his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, he's repenting of his sin. They go together. You cannot disconnect the two. But one thing that I've come to understand in my study of the Word of God 
is that repentance is not just for lost people. As a matter of fact, did you know that repentance is used more for believers in Scripture than it is for unbelievers? Why? Because when you come to God uh, for salvation, that's not the end of your repentance. That's the beginning of it. You see, the walk with Christ is a life of repentance. It is every day allowing the Lord to, to point out sin and turning to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, cleanse me of that. Lord, make that right in my life. And so I've repented much more since I got saved than I did when I got saved, which means that the message of repentance is for every person. Notice the first word is repent, but the second word is ye. You might write this down in the margin of your Bible. Ye means me. All of us need to repent. I don't care who you are, how much Bible you know, uh, how close to God you think you are. All of us have areas of our life that need to be yielded more fully to Christ. All of us have things in our life every day that need to be confessed and forsaken. This is what repentance is all about. Let me tell you why this application is so important to all of us. A couple of reasons. First of all, because repentance deals with the root problem. Can I tell you what the root problem in every life is? It's sin. In everybody's life, it's sin. We all have a sin problem. You know why people go to hell? Because of their sin. Uh, do you know why homes are destroyed? Because of sin. Do you know why lives full of potential are wasted? Because of sin. In verse number 6, the Bible says they were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins, plural. We are all sinners and we've committed many sins. The root problem in every age and in every heart is we are sinners. And the root battleground in all of our lives is our will. You see, the message of repentance appeals to the conscience of man. So much preaching today uh, is shallow. It's, it's sentimental. Uh, it deals with the emotions. But real Bible preaching goes deeper than the emotions. It goes to the heart, to the conscience. You see, you are to turn from your sin and your self-righteousness and you are to look to the Lord alone. There's a choice in this. It's a matter of the will. So the first reason this sermon is so timeless is that repentance deals with the root. The second reason, though, is that repentance deals with the fruit. He says in verse 8, Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. Does that mean we work our way to God? Does that mean that you've got to work to be saved? Oh, no, my friend. Notice Please, the emphasis here on fruits. The works are fruits, not works. Works are for, fruit is from. Works are to get to something, uh, but fruit grows out of something. You see, true repentance will evidence itself in every area of your life. Everybody gets saved the same way in every generation. Even in the Old Testament, people were not saved by their works. Works could never save a man. Works were saved, people were saved by grace. People were saved by faith. If you don't believe that, read Hebrews 11, all these great men and women uh, that God points out. What's the thing that characterized them? By faith, by faith, by faith. Remember that repentance is a word of the will, not a word of works. It's not about what you can do. It's not about changing your life. Rather, it is about looking away from yourself to the Lord. It's about recognizing your unholiness and His holiness, your inability and His ability, your lack and His sufficiency. Friend, that's true repentance. And when you repent in that way, it is going to produce so many beautiful fruits in your life. It's going to be evident. Because the Bible says, If any man be in Christ, 
He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Would you pray today that God will reveal any area of your life where you need to repent? And then when you ask the Lord to make that repentance and that work of grace so complete in your life that it brings forth much fruit, then instead of sins, plural, there will be fruits, plural. There'll be many good things that grow out of God's work in your own heart and life. Oh, I love this first sermon. Did you know there was so much in the first sermon of the New Testament? There are many great sermons in the New Testament. I would challenge you to read them and study them for yourself. But spend a little extra time on this first one because John the Baptist's sermon was powerful and it continues to be powerful at this present hour. It was not just a message of judgment. It was a message of mercy. It was an opportunity. It was an open door. It was not full of hate. Don't think of John the Baptist as a preacher just strong and stern. Oh, he was strong and he had a serious message. But this, my friend, is a message full of love. A message of repentance is not a message of hate. It is a message of love. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you that you're a sinner and you need to repent. And that when you repent, the King will come and make His abode with you and rule and reign in your life. And His rule is wonderful. Would you receive that message today? Would you apply it? And then, would you go a step further? Would you pass it along? Would you share it with someone else? You be the preacher today. Oh, you're not going to be John the Baptist, and I'm not either. And you may never stand on a platform and preach a sermon, but right where you are, you can tell others to repent, for the King is coming. Thank you for joining us for today's study. On our website, scottpauley.org, you'll find a link through which you can invest in the gospel. Would you consider giving a gift to help us extend God's word to others? You'll also find many other encouraging resources. Until we are together again, may God help you enjoy the journey.